they're so shocked they you know oh old communist china has like better apps better taxi services better all these things and you know it's so easy just click your fingers and you get something welcome to mosaic of china a podcast about people who are making their mark in china i'm your host oscar fuchs in our third special compilation episode from season one, we listened to how my guests all answered the question, is there anything that still mystifies or surprises you about life in modern China? And I really enjoyed asking this question because it elicited a kind of wonder in people's responses. And that's not just confined to outsiders living in China, it applies just as universally to those who have lived here for decades, and of course even with the Chinese themselves. To follow along with the visuals that accompany today's episode, please go to Mosaic of China on Instagram or Facebook, or you can add me on WeChat on my account Oscar10877 and I'll add you to the listeners group there. I've posted my own surprising edition there, which was something that just took place last week. Eric Olander, the journalist from episode three. Every single day. I mean, this place is the complexity of it never ever ceases to amaze me and there's this great chart actually that was circulating on social media it, it shows age versus time being here so the people who have been here for one year all want to write the book on china and then the longer you go here the amount of time you've spent here the less you actually know so the xy axis and it just keeps going down 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 and i am extraordinarily humble about what i know and what i don't know I have a graduate degree in Chinese foreign policy. I've spent 30 years here. I've been studying Chinese. I think I know a little bit compared to Westerners and other outsiders. And by the way, the Chinese themselves are not very well educated about their own country. A lot of the people who are raised in the cities don't know much about the countryside. Same, by the way, in my own country as well. It's too big for any one person to really grasp. And so, I mean, nobody can really understand it. There is no such thing in my view as a China expert. Emily Madge, the aquarium conservationist from episode 14. Oh, um, everything. Everything mm. mystifies me. I, I, I think every day there's something that fascinates me. I still, I still can't get my head around any of it, but it's, <laughs> it's fabulous. <laughs> Simon Manetti, the business leader from episode 17. Everything should mystify you about life in China. Um, you know, there are guys who are here after like six months to a year and they know everything about China. Uh, you know, the, the, and, then, and then you're here for like two to three years onwards and suddenly things are confusing. Five years on, you've got no idea what's going on at any one point in time. Sebastian Denez, the inclusion advocate from episode 11. Almost every day, there is something that is, oh, I, I didn't think this would be possible, right? One of, one of, one of the, 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 the latest one was I, I was running around the city and, and I actually found a bike cemetery. Y you notice uh, th those um, sharing bikes? They go somewhere to die. And this place is like five football fields. It's the, the other side of the sharing economy is what do you do with this? It's also for me uh, pictures a lot of how innovation goes in China. Uh, which is let's do it, go forward, forward with it, then start to regulate, and then eventually uh, fix the issues that are going uh, to happen. 
uh, whereas in Europe or in Western countries, it's a little bit, oh, let's not do it because we have this and this and that and that reason, right? So it's more finding reason not to do it here in China. It's uh, more going forward. This is why I think the country goes also very fast in that, in that area. Tom Barker, the diplomat from episode 25. Oh, everything about life in China surprised me. I, I spend every day constantly amazed. If, if there isn't at least five things which slightly freak me out, then I'm probably not leaving my bedroom. Ross Coleman, the theatre producer from episode 22. Everything. I mean, I think if there's something that surprises me, it's that I still have capacity to be surprised. You know, like, how am I surprised when this is, like, this is my everyday? You know, every new thing that I learn and every new quirk of the language. My friend Jean taught me this lovely one the other day. It was something about how um, if people tell you that they met watching the football, then it means that they met when they were in prison. I was like, how do you even find something like that out? Like... That's actually a thing, is it? Seemingly, yeah. Oh. Jorge Lucio, the marketer for Sprite from episode 5. It's about what we discussed before. It's about the differences versus nuances. But the nuances make big difference. <laughs> and, and, and it's the, the way that their mind are preset. Uh, every time the, I try to think that the logical that they're using to respond to a certain stimuli um, and, and, and it strikes me the most. So each time you learn a new insight, it's a new surprise. Mm, definitely. Gigi Chang, the translator from episode 24. People can really spend and shop. Like, <laughs> especially when I was there working in like an office, you know, building environment. Mm. You kind of go out with, at lunch with colleagues and mm. just like, why are you looking at that? That's really expensive. That willingness to spend still mystify me because I think in my mind I'm still a poor student. I haven't <laughs> quite left that mentality yet. Right. Isn't that funny because actually the reputation of the Chinese in general is that they're good savers. But but you're right. They're good savers and good spender at the same time, mm-hmm. which, which is, I think that is a philosophical question. Gina <laughs> <laughs> Lee, the invention company CEO from episode six. Uh, how the old people can be adaptive to technology. That is a surprising. Like my grandma, she's 88. She have the she has the iPhone XS Max. Oh my god. <laughs> and she just wanted the largest screen and she want to have WeChat. And she doesn't like to t- type. WeChat has the audio message and the stickers. Most important things, she can collect the red packet. So we have the family group that every day we just send some like, you know, 10 quiet or five quiet red packet. And she's happy. Like that just somehow is the simplest connection of everyone. And then I found out like a lot of people like me, if their grandparents live back in hometown, they do the similar thing. Lexi Comstock, the cookie supplier from episode 20. I would say, again, just how quickly things move here. So this has been the constant from 2010 until now. Things move and update so, so quickly. And that is just, I think, so unique to China at this very moment. And anything from food safety laws to traffic laws to construction to anything, it's just, it's such a fast moving place. And it's incredible, like the pace. 
Sanford Brown, the biochemist from episode 29. Oh, well, I would say if ever I'm at a point where it doesn't surprise me, then I'd be shocked. Uh, I think uh, every time uh, you see things, again, it relates to the pace of change and how things change so fast, how people adopt to the change. Just um, you always see these changes. I think for me, this is every time uh, when you look on the streets, I'm surprised by something. Maple Zhuo, the comedian from episode two. Uh, I feel like because China is uh, very big, has loads of people, and then because we have one big party to rule in the country, and once there is a decision, it goes down so quickly, like the technology, Alipay and everything, Taobao, it's amazed me, even though I'm using it, I feel like I can't get rid of my phone, and it's saving me so much time, I want everything, just like, click, click, you go to England, you need to still eat, eat cash and everything, but right now you can just scan everything, it's amazing. But then, because of technology, because we have 5G now, right? Everything is going so fast. I was wondering, all this time you saved, what do you use? Mm. You know, that makes me think. Because usually people, transportation, you know, days and days to get there. And now just quick. Okay, but what are you going to do at the time you got there? A lot of people just standing on the train, just like going on moments or still small funny videos. I want to do something more because we're saving so much other time, right? Michael Z, the Instagram influencer from episode 7. I think that the biggest surprise now is just how much ahead of the Western world China is. And this is something that everyone that comes to visit me, they, they, they're they so shocked. They're you know, oh, old communist China has like better apps, better taxi services, better all these things. And, you know, it's so easy to just click your fingers and you get something. Laurie Lee, the private club GM from episode 10. Every day I was surprised by people's dynamic. The, the, especially the Chinese people, their ability to absorb the information and they change the information and they use the information. Okto Chung, the fashion designer from episode 30. What surprised me is you use WeChat Pay, maybe just you spend one dollar to buy onion in the market. You can just pay it. So I, I'm very surprised. And uh, I think the electronic development here is really pretty awesome. Srinivas Yanamandra, the compliance leader from episode 15. No, I think the only thing that surprises me is the precision. Uh, there are a lot of things I had an apprehension about uh, our country like uh, India to some extent uh, uh, when we were taught in our childhood that one of the reasons for the, uh, the slow pace of the development in India could be the population and with population there are problems of coordination there are problems of uh, policy formulation and there are issues in terms of implementation so uh, we ascribe some of these uh, pitfalls to population uh, but coming here uh, I really understood even with population you can have a lot of uh, uh, coordination and there is a kind of method to madness and that too to a perfect precision. That fascinates me very much. Any single thing that you do, uh, there is a kind of an order and uh, that is what fascinates me about this uh, place. And do you think that could be translated back into India? To some extent, we started doing that because the enabler is being uh, uh, digital. 
so i think that there are pockets where we have achieved that and the only reason for me to be very bullish is about the technology stefan demonco the events company ceo from episode 19 the fast paced I've been here close to 20 years and it has not slowed down a second. Just take the Shanghai subway. Um, every summer there's a new line and uh, in the democracies in, in the West it, it takes uh, 20 years to agree on, on a new track uh, where things get done here. Um, these guys are insane. Uh, so I love it and at the same time it blows me away every time I come back. Yael Frajun, the historical researcher from episode 12. Yes, I think again how fast things happen here. Um how a decision is made here or a direction is chosen and things just start race in that direction. And it's just incredible how there are new things happening in China almost on a daily basis and they happen fast, they happen big um Yes, that's I think that's still surprising. Nick Yu, the playwright from episode 13. In fact, I have the so many things for the, the new things happening in China, some like the the high speed by the train, uh also some like the internet. So uh, when you have the mobile phone, you have the Wi-Fi everywhere in China in the village itself in Shanghai. Abe Dayo, the tour manager from episode 27. I I guess what would mystify me is not anything to do with China, but a lot of the expats that come to China. Oh god. Yeah, right. And they expect you know, China to be a certain way and when it's not or it's not lesser enough or whatever, they're just complaining and complaining. Philippe Gas, the Disney Resort CEO from episode 1. And um, something that surprises me still is that people keep offering me hot water not telling me so I keep being surprised by hot water coming in you know it's I'm always expecting the tea bag to come Angie Wu the jewelry craftsman from episode 18 uh, Yeah so recently I had a really bad experience like um I have this studio that I built my my jewelry studio and For five years, everything was great. I even just renewed the contract with them. And then out of blue, when I was in Italy doing my exhibition in April, the landlord just called me and told me he sold the building. So he wanted me out in one month. And he didn't honor the contract. For three years, he was telling me, oh, we trust each other. I like you so much. So I couldn't do anything about it. Just when you think you understand how things work, everything's running smoothly. There's always going to be something that comes unexpectedly. Of course. <laughs> Nini Sum, the artist from episode 16. Yes, actually uh, recently I got invited to do a very interesting new project and this surprises me because I didn't know that um, I was wasn't expecting they would come to some artist like me. This is a VR project. Yeah. Greg Nance, the ultramarathon athlete from episode 23. Um uh, one thing that I think will probably always shock me um and surprise me is seeing the sort of opulent luxury and wealth and privilege in such close proximity to kind of the uh the poverty and squalor um that is just really tough to see you know I come out of a business meeting in a really nice office building or at a really nice dinner 
and you've got a shanty right next door and that happens all over the world but it's it's profoundly visible here in shanghai Vivu, the fitness community leader from episode eight. I mean, we talked about it before, but 28 million people. This is the. This the is popu- just Shanghai, right? Yes, and this is just the pop- like this is the entire population of Australia packed into this one city. Just how um, well Shanghai is being like able to move people from A to B so efficiently um, is really phenomenal. Sabrina Chen, the dance program curator from episode 26. Ah, the square dance ladies. Every time when we invite a company, international company to Shanghai, they will ask me where we can see the square dance ladies because they want to join them. <laughs> Sometimes I will go to see the square dance with the artist and then they found out the square dance are so difficult, even for a professional dancer. <laughs> and it's amazing to see so many old old ladies still enthusiastic with dance so much every day after work. My mother-in-law is one of them. Actually, when we just opened the theater, we had to make a promotional video of the theater. So in the video, we invite a group of square dance ladies and I was observing them while they were making the video. As soon as they start dancing, everyone is so happy. You know, I'm very moved by this scene. So even though sometimes they make noise in in the park, in, in the public space, but I think it's really a good lifestyle for the old people. Yang Yi, the broadcaster from episode 21. Well, I, I want to give an example uh, like TikTok. It's a little bit like Snapchat, but mm. uh, the TikTok is focusing on the video part. Well, I'm a video editor for a lot of years, so I think the, the application like TikTok, I think it's changed a lot of things. They let people think video is not a very difficult thing to make, and they could record their personal life. For me, I think this changed a lot because people has a habit to record everything. Lysanthia Taylor, the pain expert from episode 28. I think now I have to be mystified at my own responses to things. So I'm still mystified why I can't remember that green toothpaste tastes like tea. You know, in, in the West, you know, blue or green are going to be mint. Mm. And I still get it wrong and I go home with jasmine tea flavoured toothpaste. And that's all from this third special compilation episode from season one of the podcast. The good news is that I have just started producing season two of Mosaic of China and the first couple of new interviews are already in the can. I was a little worried that I might have forgotten how to do it, but luckily my guests were both excellent, so I stopped worrying about that pretty quickly and I just about remembered how to press all the right buttons in the studio. I still have no idea whether I will be ready to release the new season by the time we reach the end of these 10 special compilation episodes, but let's see where we stand over the coming weeks. In the meantime, the next one will be on the topic of China facts, so it'll be a good way to brush up on your China trivia. See you in another two weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Great, thank you. My pleasure too. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you.